Hey, you're listening to Have You Heard About, a pop culture podcast that dismantles what you think you know about pop culture, going deep on what these stories mean to our cultural collective. I'm your host, Massa. It's our very first mini-sode where I break down some of the stories, books, shows, and films that I'm currently following as a roundup. That's right, you get your pop culture fix in about 20 minutes. Lots to chat about today, including Rachel Hollis drama, the QAnon documentary I'm into, and the never-ending mystery that is Chet Hanks. Stay tuned. Hey listeners, welcome to the very first Have You Heard About Minisode Roundup, where I share some of my favorite stories that I've been following, books that I'm reading, TV shows that I'm watching. In launching this podcast, I realized that there's way too much in the pop culture landscape uh, for me to to do a deep dive on. And so I'm going to be changing the format a little bit where uh, every other week we'll be deep uh, deep diving a topic with a guest co-host. And then on the alternating week, I will be doing one of these little mini-sode roundups where I'm just sharing some of my, I don't know, favorite things that I'm following and stories that I find really interesting and noteworthy. And I think that you would as well. So hopefully you guys enjoy the new format. And I did want to thank uh, the listeners out there. I know that a lot of you have written reviews, you've shared it with your friends. I've heard from some of you. And it was a really happy surprise a couple of weeks ago when this little podcast, which is only a month old and I really had no expectations for, somehow landed in the top 10 for Apple Podcasts in Canada for TV and film. Was not expecting that at all. Didn't even have that on my radar as a thing that could possibly happen. Uh, And so I was really, really happy about that. And since then, I've actually moved the podcast category from TV and film to society and culture, uh, just because I think it's a better fit for this podcast. I, I know that we do talk a lot about TV shows and movies, but we do try to do it in a larger social commentary um, and putting different angles on it. So I think society and culture is probably just a little bit of a better fit. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. It is so greatly appreciated. Um, If you want to rate and review and share with your friends, it makes all the difference for a small podcast like this. So thank you so much in advance. So the first story that I've been following this week that I find really intriguing and really problematic is the whole Rachel Hollis debacle. You may have come across it. If you don't know who Rachel Hollis is, she is an author, a motivational speaker, a blogger. She kind of first came on my radar a couple of years ago. She had written a best-selling book that it seemed like everybody was reading called Girl, Wash Your Face. I have not read it. The premise of it at the very beginning kind of just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And then she ended up getting a whole bunch of uh, criticism for it because it is a book really largely based on privilege. It has a big rah-rah mentality as in like work hard uh, and you can achieve what you want as long as you, you know, give it your all. It's very girl bossy. And of course, working hard, unfortunately, isn't the be all end all. Not everyone is in the same situation where if they just work hard, they will actually succeed. Uh, Rachel Hollis is like a white woman. She's wealthy. She was married to a Disney exec at the time. And so 
A lot of people just thought the book was quite hypocritical. She she does have a huge following, though, on social media. She has a lot of people who read her books, and she's really tapped into that like very powerful Christian mommy blogger world. And interestingly enough, we will be doing a deep dive on that world in a podcast coming up. But for today, I just wanted to touch very briefly on what had happened with Rachel Hollis this past week. So on her TikTok, she posted a video where first of all, she looks really like wild-eyed and confrontational. And she's telling an anecdote about how she had posted a few days ago about how she has a cleaning lady come to her house to clean a couple days a week. And she took issue with somebody calling her out and saying that she's privileged. So Rachel Hollis says, yeah, I'm privileged, but I work my ass off so that someone can come and clean my toilets twice a week lovely wording there where you where the way that she's choosing to describe the cleaning lady as someone who comes and cleans her toilets. That's just pure Rachel Hollis right there. So then someone else goes on to say you're unrelatable and Rachel Hollis goes off uh, off the rails basically talking about she doesn't want to be relatable. She wants to stand out. What about her makes you think that she wants to be relatable? And this is The way that she's coming at the camera is super aggressive. It is really just kind of in your face. And her captions include the names of some like very powerful women. And some of them are like very powerful women of color, which is an issue in and of itself. And that includes uh, Harriet Tubman and Oprah. So everyone takes issue with this and comes at her. Uh, basically saying, are you comparing yourself to Oprah and Harriet Tubman? Uh, And she got a ton of backlash for that for many reasons. And so, you know, part of this post, she had kind of said, like, I work hard. And so I deserve to have someone come and clean my house because, you know, I've, I've earned it. I've worked for it. And I work harder than most people in pandemic life, in COVID life, where many people are just trying to get by coming at, you know, your followers and your fans and other people and just saying like, hey, yeah, I work harder than you uh, is not a good look. Let's be honest. She may work hard, but many people work hard and many people work much harder in way more uncomfortable conditions and for much less pay. For example, like the woman who cleans her toilets for one. So Because she got a bunch of backlash, she follows up with like a really lame half-ass apology where she essentially just throws her team under the bus uh, and says, yeah, I didn't follow the, I should have followed my gut and I should have just come out and apologized for this. And I didn't, I listened to my team. My team told me, oh, just like, wait, it'll blow over. Uh, and that was my bad. And I should have just followed my gut and apologized. So she decides instead of owning up to a video that she posted of her own free will, presumably, uh, she decides to blame her employees, which is yet another good look for her. In this video, she actually tags Nigerian-American author, speaker, and activist, Lovey Ajayi-Jones, who had posted about the Rachel Hollis um, debacle on her own Instagram feed. So she basically tags Lovey, who is really well-known, and says, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to do better. Uh, What I love is that Lovey comments on this post, basically saying, yeah, you're not taking accountability and continues to call her out. And then Lovey shares on her own Instagram page that she's had a 
bunch of Rachel Hollis like fans come for her, calling her a bully for attacking Rachel and basically demanding that Lovey explain why she, uh, why we've all taken issue with what Rachel has posted. So now they're asking a woman of color to explain to them, mostly white women, what the problem here is. Uh, I don't know if you guys haven't listened to the podcast episode number two that we did on Jessica Mulrooney and Sasha Exeter. That is like a prime example of why you should never approach a person of color to try to get them to explain to you why someone being, you know, racist or someone being offside is wrong. That's not their responsibility to educate you. That's your responsibility to educate yourself. What ends up happening is that Rachel Hollis deletes her problematic video and then also deletes the apology where she had tagged Lovey, which also had Lovey's comments on it. So to me, that's a that's a dirty delete. And I think if someone like Lovey is going to go onto a post where you mentioned her by name, where you tagged her, and she's going to address you in the post that you tagged her in, and she's going to take time out of her day to, again, write something addressing you and then you go back and then you delete it because it just wasn't a good look for you. I think that in and and of itself is a huge problem. After that, Rachel deletes that and then she comes out with another half-assed apology, which is, I guess, written by a PR team. And it doesn't even matter because it obviously wasn't genuine. It was basically like, I'm gonna do better. And, and, you know, she said this before and I don't buy it. If you want to support Lovey out of all of this, she has two books that are phenomenal. There's Professional Troublemaker, The Fear Fighter Manual, and I'm Judging You, The Do Better Manual, which I have a feeling that Rachel Hollis um, could read and like learn a thing or two by reading that. On this story, let's keep following it because I'm sure there's a lot more that's going to come of it. We're going to do a deep dive on it a few episodes from now. But in the meantime, if you're interested, please show some support to Lovey and buy her books. They're going to be linked in the show notes for you. Um, and lots of parallels between this story and what's going on with Sharon Osbourne on the talk. I'm sure if you guys have been following the story, some of you know the background of what had happened. Uh, Pierce Morgan, who um, is on a morning show in the UK, has said some many, many, many violent racist things about Meghan Markle over the years. And then ends up getting fired after he gets, I don't know, like 41,000 complaints about him or something ridiculous like that. Sharon Osbourne decides that it is a great time to speak up and say, Piers Morgan is my friend and he's not a racist. Sharon Osbourne, of course, has a really big platform because she's co-host on CBS's The Talk. So she basically says, that she, I've just never known him to be a racist okay, well, Sharon, maybe he's not racist against you because you're a wealthy white woman. People end up coming for Sharon Osbourne. She gets upset because of white fragility. She realizes, hey, I look like I'm a racist, but it's not because of my own actions. She thinks it's because of the way that she's being portrayed by, you know, because she'd gotten into it with some of her coworkers on the show. And so she goes on air with her co-host, Cheryl Underwood, who is a woman of color, and basically cries uh, her fragile tears and appeals to Cheryl 
please explain to me what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Tell me one time where Pierce was racist and kind of goes on this weird rant that was really uncomfortable to watch. Cheryl, to her credit, held her own and like I could not have done what she did. She just like stoically sat there and tried to explain to Sharon what the problem was, which is more than Sharon at that point was owed. Sharon is mostly, I think, upset because she just looks like a racist POS. Following this, there's a whole bunch of dirt that comes out about Sharon Osbourne, including from former co-host Holly Robinson-Pete, who blames getting fired on Sharon because apparently Sharon went to the execs and made a complaint that Holly was too ghetto for the show. Leah Remini, another old co-host, backs her up and says she's heard straight from Sharon's mouth, like racial and homophobic slurs against Julie Chen uh, and Sarah Gilbert, uh, other previous co-hosts. So Sharon naturally makes the entire thing about her and just victimizes herself and more than actually wanting to learn and move forward and, um, you know, think about what she's done, decides that Pierce Morgan is the hill that she wants to die on. And so she denies it all, uh, issues some sort of like lame ass, half ass apology and ends up either getting let go or getting fired. Those details are a little unclear. There's um, conflicting stories about it. Some stories say that she is getting a severance of $10 million from CBS. Other stories are saying that she's not getting that settlement. But either way, guys, like with all stories like this, uh, like with what happened with Jessica Mulroney, with what happened with Rachel Hollis that we just chatted about, and with what happened with Sharon Osborne, you know that these people will be just fine. They are wealthy people. They are people who have a lot of privilege. And so these they're not actually going to pay too, too much for these remarks that they make and for the hurt that they cause because they just kind of move on from that. And it's my mistake for reading the comments on Facebook and on Instagram defending them. If you want to have any semblance of sanity, guys, please just stay away from those comments because it is just not worth it. Uh, so I guess I didn't mean to have like a theme of problematic people for this week's mini-sode, but here we go. This is sort of what's happening because next up is Chet Hanks, which is the son of Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. He went viral for making a video on Instagram where he's like sitting coolly in his car and he's like staring at the camera and says that he has a feeling that this is going to be a white boy summer and to tag a real vanilla king in the comments, whatever that means. So first off, white boy summer, I don't really know what he means by that because I feel like hasn't it always been a white boy everything? In my opinion, it has. Uh, second, some background on Chet Hanks. He is a strange one. He is a rapper. He's an actor. He often appears shirtless in videos and speaks in accents from different cultures and has rightfully been called out for cultural appropriation in the past. So what happens is as his white boy summer video is gaining steam and going viral, people are talking about it everywhere. It's all over TikTok. He adds more videos giving tips on what a white boy summer is all about uh, and like the rules to abide boy during a white boy summer, like not being drunk, being respectful, doing better. Uh, so it's becoming this whole thing. And he decides to drop merch 
Of course he does. Uh, alongside his white boy summer merch, he's also going to drop black queen summer clothing, <clears throat> red flag. Uh, so all of this is happening and we're all just kind of like sitting by being like, okay, well, Chet Hanks is being Chet Hanks. And then it comes out that a judge had previously this year granted temporary protective order to his ex-girlfriend, Kiana Parker, who is black, um, after she alleged that he was physically and verbally abusive towards her. So this comes out, Chet denies it. And he's actually sued her for a number of things, including assault and battery. He alleges that after he found out that she stole from him, he confronted her and was attacked with a knife uh, by her, which he apparently recorded. And that was later shared by TMZ. However, his ex-girlfriend denies this and that in the video, it's unclear what had happened. And Chet is just like, if you go on his Instagram, he is still continuing with like his white boy summer, trying to make that happen, selling his merch. and. I just don't really get Chet Hanks. He is, if there was ever a glitch in the matrix for me, it would be Chet Hanks because I don't get how America's number one dad, my favorite actor, Tom Hanks, who like if anything bad ever comes about out about Tom Hanks, I just think that many of us would just throw up our hands and just maybe like lose a little bit of faith in humanity. So how did America's favorite dad raise Chet Hanks? How did Chet Hanks end up like Chet Hanks? I just don't get it. It is baffling to me. It doesn't make sense. So there is a great piece on this, Breaking It Down in the New Yorker by Naomi Fry, which you should definitely check out. It will be linked in the podcast notes. Uh, and finally, what I am watching Right now, I am super into a documentary that I'm watching on Crave in Canada. You can watch it on HBO in the States. It's about QAnon and it's called Q Into the Storm. Uh, and it is by director Cullen Hoback. It's a six part series into the dark, twisted and like wild world of QAnon, its followers and trying to unmask who Q is. Uh, so for those of you who don't really know what QAnon is, I didn't for the longest time. I'd heard kind of rumblings of it, but I didn't really understand it, especially because I'm not like super active on Twitter. And that seems to be where a lot of QAnon info uh, was coming out about, was coming out of. So QAnon is a far right conspiracy theory uh, claiming a bunch of wild, wild lies, such as there are many high profile celebrities and politicians who worship Satan. They run a child sex trafficking ring, among many other crazy claims, and that Donald Trump, of all people, was going to save the world uh, from these this like satanic cult, essentially. Uh, named as people in this cult are the Clintons, Chrissy Teigen, the Obamas, basically people who are like super liberal democratic. Um, and the documentary follows the start of QAnon as somebody who goes by the moniker of Q starts posting on message board 4chan, claims they're a government official with Q level clearance. And they very quickly gained a following. Uh, the people that follow them, they seem like people who really need something to believe in, maybe more of like a vulnerable set or maybe uneducated. They don't, um, yeah, they, uh, it's not surprising that these people would fall for it. I'll say that. Uh, the documentary is really hard to watch. I'm only halfway through the six part series and I have to take breaks because it is pretty dark. 
If you are curious about Pizzagate, if you want to know what that is, if you're curious about QAnon, while it is disturbing, it does shed light on how dangerous movements like uh, how they endanger democracy, how these message boards on the dark web uh, really like foster this environment for these like-minded individuals to kind of come together, give each other support. And of course, how problematic that is. It also poses some interesting questions around free speech. Uh, Personally, I think if it's illegal or dangerous, it should be limited, but the owners of these message boards don't agree. So check that out if you're interested. Links and more info will be in the show notes if you wanted to learn more about any of these topics. We are going to be doing a deeper dive on Rachel Hollis in a couple of weeks. And next week's show, we will be talking about the dark and sordid world of V.C. Andrews novels. If you guys don't know what those are, a Google search will bring you up to speed pretty fast so that you can catch up and follow along as the episode airs. Uh, follow along. Let us know what you think on Instagram at Have You Heard Podcast. If you like the episode, please share, rate, review. It really helps go a long way. Until next time.